Hello, everybody. Back with the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Um, let's see how far I might do the rest of the teams. Might just cut it off after, I don't know, 45, 50 minutes. Um, we'll see how long it takes. But to start it off, Grizzlies. I know everyone's sort of picking the Grizzlies, and it's the same as always. It's like, if they're healthy, they can be good. Mike Carnley, Marcus Sol together is good for about 40 wins, I'd say, with, you know, just decent players in between. Kyle Anderson um, has always been a plus player on the Spurs. We'll see how he does outside that ecosystem, but I think he's a smart player, heady player, good defender, is slow as hell, obviously, but um, I think that he'll be solid for them, and I think that that could be a good pairing. Um, but it is going to be interesting because... I would imagine they would want to start Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, and not just play him as a backup center, but maybe he's just totally not ready. Um, so, let's see. So, Marcus is going to start at center. Now, the question is, do you do Jermichael Green, Jaron Jack Jackson Jr., or I guess even Kyle Anderson is your power forward? My bet is they go Jaron Jackson Jr. and um, Kyle Anderson at small forward. And then, yeah, probably Dylan Brooks and Mike Conley at the guards. Uh, though they might end up going Wayne Selden because I know they like Wayne Selden a lot. But, I mean, the team's deep enough. Garrett Temple is a solid player. Omer Caspi is a solid player. Um, I think Ivan Rab can be a fine backup center, though I think your kind of three-man rotation in the front court is going to be JJJ, um, Gasol, and Green. Uh, Chandler Parsons, we'll see what you get out of him. I mean, if, at this point, if you can get 20 minutes of like solid backup basketball, that's what you're looking for. Um, and other than that, Aaron Harrison or Andrew Harrison should be back. He'll be solid. Javon Carter. I think we'll give some good minutes. Marshawn Brooks gave some good minutes last year. I know they like Kobe Simmons. So the team is solid, but it's just, you know, if they start getting hurt, then you're playing Ivan Rab and Dakari Johnson a bunch. And then if Dylan Brooks or Wayne Selden goes down, that sort of real quick wing rotation goes to crap. And if Parsons is hurt and Temple is hurt or Casper gets hurt, you know, you're really down on your sort of bigger wings, too. And I just... Conley, Conley just seems like he... It's... it's eh, it, it feels kind of done for him. Um, I know it's just a bunch of Achilles issues, and it's it's just so scary, that injury. But, I don't know. I said I was high on Boogie with the, Lake, or with the uh, Warriors. Um, so I guess it could work out all right. But I think he's probably going to be... Um, pretty limited for the rest of his career. I don't really see the Grizzlies being big challengers this year. Certainly don't see them in the playoffs. Um, obviously can envision it if everything breaks right, but I just don't see it for the Grizzlies this year. In terms of the offseason, though, the Jackson Jr. pick was perfect. Um, oh, I mean, no, I guess I guess the, the, the Grizzlies, I mean, the Mavericks had traded up to get Doncic, so they couldn't have picked him. But um, JJJ is a heck of a player. Him at the fourth pick is very good value. Super young, super athletic, going to block a ton of shots, going to shoot for a massive plus, I think. And 
should work his ass off and be able to switch on to any person on the floor. And, and if they got that, it doesn't it doesn't really matter what else is going on. I uh, I think they've got themselves a heck of a player for the next whatever it is, eight, nine years. Because um, they should certainly do everything they can to lock him up. That's kind of a weird terminology. Everything they can to keep him on the Grizzlies. <laughs> Um, so the Grizzlies offseason, just because of that, and I don't think they made any bad contract offers. I know I talked a little shit about the Kyle Anderson one when it first came out, but reading after, uh, after that, I think it's, it's a fine deal. Um, certainly kind of high for the market maybe, but he should be worth that money in production pretty, pretty easily. The Garrett Temple trade, I saw Kevin Pelton had it pretty low for the Grizzlies, but I do think it's a nice little talent addition for this season, um, which I guess really shouldn't be their goal, <laughs> but it certainly is, and uh, I'll throw them like a C plus, um, maybe a B minus, because I like the Jackson Jr. pick so much, but they should be fine this year, hopefully everything, you know, never wish any injuries on any team, would love it if the Grizzlies were really good again, it would just make the West even more crowded, but... They shouldn't suck as much as last year. They do have a little more depth, I would say, across the board, especially on the wing, than they had last year. Even at the big spots, you know. Um, Jackson Jr. should, I think, be... He'll, he'll have his mistakes, but he should be able to be on the floor right away, which is remarkable for someone that's, you know, not even 19 yet, I don't um, Miami Heat up next. I heard uh, Eric, Eric Spolstra. I saw on the jump that Eric Spolstra was talking to um, Hassan Whiteside the other day that they had a great conversation, you know, two hours about life, two hours about uh, basketball. And so, you know, if he's in a good headspace, he's, he's ready to contribute how he needs to contribute and not close basketball games. Like, that would be awesome. Um... But, you know, same old Hassan Whiteside. They, I think, I think they'll be able to get what they can out of him, and I think communication is key. Um, but at the end of the day, he just hit a huge contract in the perfect market and is really not suited to play in the modern NBA whatsoever. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Bam Adebayo, excited to see what we get from him this year, and that's part of the thing is I want Olenek minutes at center, and I want Adebayo minutes at center. So that really doesn't leave a ton of minutes for Hassan Whiteside, but I guess they're going to play Bam and Kelly Olenek together a decent amount. Um, I think Kelly's probably still their best option closing games, but we'll see. It's the, it's the same old heat from the past couple of years, just a bunch of solid players Drogic should have another good year. I could see Tyler Johnson taking a little jump. It'll hopefully Dion's back healthy. That's really the big swing for this team um, because it really was tough for them without him last year. Just they need that secondary playmaker, and he's he's not perfectly suited, but he's he's suited well to be a secondary playmaker playmaker on sort of a middling to good team like this Miami Heat team. Like him and Drogic, like Drogic and Waiters, they're, they're both in the roles that I think sort of suit them best in terms of 
you know, Dion not being the primary guy and Drogic being able to have the ball in his hands and create a lot. But, you know, Drogic isn't really in his prime anymore and, you know, Dion, Dion's Dion. So I think this is about as good as the team can be, you know. Um, but when they are together, they are much more dynamic, especially with Johnson coming off the bench. And that's, that's and Josh Richardson, I think they'll probably start. Um, but those are all good sort of guard playmaker-ish kind of guys. I really love Josh Richardson. I think he'll, you know, continue to improve, have a really solid year. I like James Johnson a lot, though I could see him getting flipped just because his contract is pretty big for the next couple of years. Um... They really didn't do a whole lot, though. I'm pretty sure they didn't like sign a player away. Like I think all they did was re-sign Wayne Ellington. Um, so I don't think they signed a player away from another team, and I don't think they made a draft pick. And I don't think you know they they did a lot of. I don't think that they did anything. I don't think anyone signed any of their players really. Um, quiet off season for the Heat, but I uh, so I, I don't know. I remember like I guess I'd give them a C. I guess I'd give them you know they didn't do anything, <laughs> but. You know, I don't think they should have really been expected to do anything, so maybe that's a little harsh. But um, I'm excited to see where they are this season. Always a fun team to watch. Always well coached. Spo is the man. Definitely top five coach in the league. Probably like fourth or fifth. Um, and we'll see what they uh, they can do because they. I think if Dion was healthy last year, they would have been. Not only a better regular season team, but I think they probably would have challenged the Sixers a lot more in that first round series. Um, so, because those really were just defensive fucking slugfests, man. And it was just like the 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 Sixers could eke out a few more points, and the Heat could not. And, you know, the Sixers' defense is really good, and maybe, you know, they completely lock up Dion, but I just... That other, they really needed that other sort of wing scoring threat. So I'm excited to see what they can do this year. Hopefully they stay healthy. But that is another same old thing, uh, similar to the Grizzlies, where it's like, you know, you're now relying on guys like James Johnson, Goran Dragic, and Deion Waiters, um, and Justice Winslow to stay healthy. And it's like, well, if they do, I've really liked what all those players can do, especially Justice Winslow. I think this could be a big breakout year for him for, you know, contract year and all. Um, it's hard to see them all staying healthy for the whole season, and because of that, they'll probably be, you know, 43 to 45, 46 wins, um, which is fine and solid, and we'll make the playoffs, and they'll make some decent money, and they, I don't think they'll pay the tax. Um, I'm not positive on that one, though. But either way, they'll be good. Uh, they shouldn't. They shouldn't be bad, which I think is Pat Riley's goal more than being real good at this point. Um, though I do think there there was an idea that if some of these contracts hit, they would immediately become big trade chips. Um, so we'll see what happens there, but. I'm into the heat. I think they will have a good season. Um, next up, Minnesota Timberwolves. Let's see. So I liked the Okoji pick. I liked the Bates-Diop pick. I didn't like bringing back Derrick Rose. 
Uh, I liked bringing in Anthony Tolliver. I thought I saw that they were signing someone else, but they don't have it on the um, on the Roto World page right now. But um, those are all fine signings, all in the right direction in terms of warning wing, stretch forward. I, you know, kind of sucks that they let the elites go, but they were, you know, playing him out of position a lot. And, you know, I guess Tibbs didn't really like him. I don't know. Whatever it is. Uh, this team is just scary right now. Um, for some reason, Towns is just rubbing Jimmy Butler completely the wrong way. And I think Wiggins is... It's weird because I think I think Towns is is very kind of vocal and like um, outgoing, and I think he gets what he's really good at, and he still gets that he needs to work hard and everything, but he's not necessarily like this sort of work is everything. Like 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 we have one goal, winning the championship, and like that's like everything I think about every single day the way that it kind of seems like Jimmy Butler is wired. And so he, but he's still sort of like pretty loud about it, where I think Wiggins is just pretty chill. You know, he comes, he does his work, he does everything, but he just is a pretty like calm, laid back, low maintenance dude. Um, and I just think what, that while they're not the same thing, J- Jimmy Butler is just like, I'm really kind of, this is the prime of my career. And I'm sort of waiting for these guys to get the mindset that I've had for years now. And, you know, teaching a mindset, I think, is probably the hardest thing. You can, you know, you can, you can tell Towns where he needs to be defensively. You can tell Wiggins he needs to be in a stance more. But until they're sort of, like, self-motivated enough to really want to do that every fucking possession, which I'm sure is really, really hard um, and takes a ton of work and effort and is exhausting, um... I, I don't I don't see the fit working out, and I could definitely see Jimmy Butler wanting to be traded, uh, or maybe not even wanting to be traded, but making it known that he's just not going to resign. And at that point, as the Wolves, it'd be kind of stupid not to trade him. Um, especially because you know, if I'm going to pick the Mavs to make the playoffs, uh, I could really see the Wolves getting bumped out because I I I honestly. I mean, I know he can always get hurt, but I just I don't see the Anthony Davis Pelicans missing the playoffs. Um, but I think even if the Lakers are coming in too, they might both have to miss the playoffs. But I think I would probably get rid of the Blazers before the Pelicans. Um, we'll get to them in a bit, though. But yeah, I mean, the team the team is still good, and the team went healthy last year was really good. Uh, and Jimmy Butler clearly wasn't totally right in the playoffs, so if he's going to come back feeling better... Good, but if he's going to come back feeling better and play 40 minutes a game, then shit, you know? Um, Tibbs just kind of kills us with this, you know? I, I just really I just really think the Tibbs, the Tibbs uh, Minnesota connection is not long for this world. Um, but otherwise, I hope Tyus Jones doesn't get too blocked by Derrick Rose, but he definitely will or will be playing alongside another point guard basically at all times, which is just completely defeats the purpose. Um, which sucks, because getting Anthony Tolliver, you, you know, you could have put out lines, lines with Towns and four shooters around him. And that is is and has always been uh, their most kind of dangerous lineups. Um, so, we shall see with the Timberwolves. Kind of, kind of a... 
a, a solid offseason, but just with all the talk going on around him, the kind of a bummer after spirits were so high last year um, to see it all kind of start devolving into normal Timberwolves. I don't fucking want to be here. Shit uh, is a bummer because it's more of the same old stuff. Um, but for their offseason, you know, I won't count the locker room friction. So I'd say B, maybe even an A minus. Um, cause I like, I like all the picks and I like all the signs they made. And I like that they all are focused around these sort of wing three point shooting stretch four kind of types. Um, and a Koji could end up being really, really good. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks loved the signing of Budenholzer. Um, think that's going to be a perfect fit. Um, Think it's, he's, he's exactly what they needed, and I know that losing Jabari was, you know, really tough to swallow. But I think it was definitely the right move, and I think that it will make the impl- like the uh, the introduction of um, Budenholzer's system into the Bucks, uh, you know, atmosphere and everything uh, a lot easier. I think they'll be it'll be much more easy for them to be more egalitarian, better defensively, um, and give Bledsoe some more touches too, which I think will be important. Love the Brook Lopez uh, signing at center. Um, Ersan Eliasova is long for the years, but definitely a good fit. I would assume they'll play him a decent amount at four and five. Um, I think he can kind of fit with Thon Maker, with uh, even probably John Henson if you wanted. Um, but with Giannis, uh, those two at the four and five, I think they'll be pretty solid there. Probably start Middleton at the small forward and Brogdon as shooting guard, bring Snell off the bench as your backup. You know, slightly bigger wing, and then you've got a sort of glut of guards with DiVincenzo, Sterling Brown, and Delavendova. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and people are really in on Sterling Brown. So if he could, if he can, apparently he needs to lose some weight, but if he can lose some weight, uh, he could, he could be a real player on this team. But I think, I, I really think, solidly have them at fourth best in the East. Um, hard for me to see them jumping the Sixers, but, you know, if Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons misses any time, then easily could see the Bucks as the third best team. Well, I guess, I mean, if the if the Raptors are struggling too, I could see the Bucks as high as second. I really, I mean, unless a lot of people go down on the Celtics, I don't really see them finishing anywhere below first. But or if the if the uh, Raptors really 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 hit, um, but the Bucks will be good and the Bucks the like Brook Lopez it is so so solid compared to everyone else that they had at center, um, and Ilyasova even is so so solid compared to anyone that they had sort of backing up there and I just I really like the team around here more I love that Budenholzer is going to come in and imprint his sort of. Uh, vision, and I love that Chris Middleton's been at USA camp, and I love that he's in a contract year, so I think it'll, and without Jabari Barker, like, just no question, he's your sort of, like, second scoring option, and that, I think, is going to be really good for this team. Um, And so I'm excited to see what they can do. Um, I could really, I could totally envision uh, a Bucks-Celtics rematch um, but in the Eastern Conference Finals. So the sky is the limit for Giannis. If they're 
on a pace to win like 55 games. Could definitely see him getting MVP talk. Um, so yeah, go Bucks, go Bucks. Very in on the Bucks off season. I'm gonna give him a little bit of a downgrade for the Ilyasova contract being longer. And I think that if they wanted a guard, they definitely should have gone with Melton over DiVincenzo. Um, but I will give them probably like a B plus B because um, they are going to be really, really, really good this year. Next up is the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, let's see. As long as Anthony Davis is healthy, him playing the whole year at center with Nikola Mirotic and Julius Randle next to him is going to be dominant. Um, those are it, it's just basically two completely different looks. Either they're just going to completely smash you with him and Randall, or it's just going to be Davis, um, you know, right around the rim with a ton of space with Miritich uh, in there. So it's it's either a real finesse look for like just Davis himself, or not just Davis himself, but floor really open for him, or this just sort of totally pound it right at you look that uh, I think can be really effective against some teams, especially on the boards. Um, and then Czech Diallo, I think, is a good sort of fourth big for them. Can kind of give them both those looks uh, and can play alongside, I think, pretty much everyone. Probably not Randall, but, um, you know, you don't, probably don't need to play in too many minutes a game anyways. Um, I would probably like to see them start Darius Miller at the small forward, Aethwan Moore at the shooting guard, and Drew Holiday at the point. I think that gives them, with Miritich, just a really high offensive ceiling. And I know Drew seems to be comfortable playing off ball, but I think he's just a better on-ball player. I, I don't know. I really, really, really like Drew Holiday. Um... And Alfred Payton is fine, but I'm just like not sure he's good enough to actually contribute to winning basketball. Um, and this team needs to win games because, and this team needs to be like really. This team needs the Pelicans need Darius Miller to be good, to be like a, almost a starting level of wing good, and they need Etwan Moore to be like a starting level of shooting guard good. Because if they have that, then this is a team with like five really good to all-star level starters. Um, not, I mean, obviously they're not all that good, but it's like, uh, you know, you've got Anthony Davis as your MVP level. You've got Drew Holiday as your all-star sort of second fiddle. You've got Miritich as a solid third banana, uh, taking a decent amount of shots and, and, and doing his thing. And then you've got Moore and Miller as theoretically perfect role players um, to just take open threes, hit it at a high clip, and M Miller has not been a good defender. I think Moore is a pretty good defender. Um, but theoretically, you've got two decent-sized bodies on the wing. Uh, so that that team with, with Peyton coming off the bench, with uh, Solomon Hill coming off the bench, and Randall coming off the bench, that team could be really, really, really good. Um, but it's going to all rely on everyone staying healthy. Uh, once again, because if, if guys start going down, then, you know, you're either playing Solomon Hill at the three or DeAndre Liggins or you're playing Ian Clark or something like that. And that just gets real, real messy. So um, and I guess you can really never trust the Pelicans to stay healthy because they seem to always be getting hurt. Um, 
the medical staff down there is definitely questionable. So I'm optimistic on the Pelicans, but I guess it's sort of uh, hypocritical to say I'm optimistic on the Pelicans, but pessimistic on the Grizzlies um, for the exact same, you know, the fact that it's relying on the exact same thing in health. Um, but I just think that the ceiling of Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis is obviously way, way, way higher to me than like Marcus Mike Conley or something at their ages. Like these are two prime stars and one superstar. So, um, I, I just, I, I'm going to have faith in that ceiling and hope that, uh, if those two can stay relatively healthy, everything else will work out all right. So Pelicans offseason, love the Randall signing, like the Peyton signing. Going to be an A- minus or so for me. Um, I guess they didn't have their pick, I don't think. So yeah, solid solid offseason for the Pelicans. Got to stay healthy, same as usual. Don't mind giving up Boogie, I guess I should mention that. Um you know, it would have been nice if they had given him some sort of offer, but I think it's kind of nice that they're committing to just playing AD at center. Uh, they, they like the look, the look that Randall gives them, and um, hopefully they can sort of resurrect Peyton's career uh, and get a great year from Drew. And I, I, I just like that they sort of picked the direction with what worked last year when Anthony Davis really got into the MVP conversation, and they're just going to stick with that. And and it kicked their and it kicked ass in a playoff series against a team that was you know supposed to be if not their equal a little better than them, in the Blazers. So um, I think it's definitely a good fit, and uh, I like I like where they're going. I hope Gentry has a has a good year there. Um, the Knicks. You like that they're committing to rebuilding, I guess. Um, you know, like the Zonia signing. I hope they start him and uh, Knox at the three and the four. That'd be a really fun look um, with Canner. Or even, honestly, I'd be stoked if they just started Mitchell Robinson. But they'll probably start Canner. Uh, yeah, if they go Canner, Knox, Zonia, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Frank Nilakina, that will be... Awesome. And that would make the Knicks really fun to watch. Uh, Trey Burke is actually, you know, very solid. Um, and I mean, offensively, he's a total flaming bag defensively, but he, um, I think is going to be a solid sort of scorer off the bench. I think Moutier is probably done though. If he could really show something, that'd be awesome though. He kind of fulfills, Ideally, the same sort of thing as Nilakina, though Nilakina is already a very plus defender. Um, Courtney Lee could see him getting moved. I think he's on the last year of his deal, but I mean, a good player um, that could really help uh, um, a contender. Someone like uh, I don't know. Um, He's got one more year after this year. So I guess you could do something like Ryan Anderson or something. Uh, so, yeah, to the Rockets or to someone like that, um, maybe the Nuggets. He could be a good addition because, I mean, they're not going to be really trying to win games in New York this year. And especially, you know, with Porzingis out until February or whatever, at least. He, he, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. If he, he'll, he'll come back and play probably the second half of March or Maybe not the, totally the second half of March, but just just play a few games at the end of the season, uh, you know, against probably lesser competition, 
people, you know, be resting their guys that are, you know, iffy and stuff. They're trying to shut it down for the end of the year. Um, so that could that could be good for Chris Stapps. Uh, but, he, you know, it's a lost year for him. And hopefully it allows some times for Knox to really flourish. Because if Knox can show, if and I mean, if Hazonia too, we'll see. Uh, but if Knox can show that he really is best at the four, then needs to be playing the four, that he can really take advantage of people there, that he can, you know, hold up defensively there, and that that is clearly going to be his best position. Then when Porzingis comes back, you can say, all right, we got to play you at center. We got to start you at center. The look is going to be too fantastic. And I totally trust Fizz to be able to sell that to him. Um, especially because at that point, Canner will be off the team. Yeah, Canner will be off the team. No, he'll still be there. <laughs> but it, you'll just have like Mitchell Robinson. So I guess you could start Mitchell Robinson. Um, but the idea that your closing lineup is going to be Chris Dapps with Kevin Knox and, you know, hopefully Marlon Zonia, though he, I think, only has one year. Um, if he's any good, at least, uh, he'll opt out. But, yeah. So I think I think it'll be a good year. I'm glad they're committing to the to the tank, sort of. Um, hopefully Frank Nilakina gets a lot of minutes and gets some uh, time to sort of grow offensively. Um, there, there shouldn't be anything in the way of him doing that. Um, Noah Vonley is a good addition. And other than that, I think that... You know, I'll give them Kevin Knox pick is looking very solid, so hit them with a B plus A minus. Um, definitely like the Hazonia signing, though it could have been longer with a little more uh, protein sort of incentive to it. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, very interesting off season. Oh, and then for the Knicks, my bad. Um, David Fisdale is just an excellent addition. He's gonna. I, I saw that the. A thing on the jump that what was a you know they were saying has Fizdale really changed the culture and they were saying that what changed the culture was just getting Phil Jackson out of there which is absolutely true but you can tell there's something completely different about the Knicks right now um, in terms of they they just got their guy themselves an absolute stud and someone uh, who's going to be able to really connect with a lot of these young guys um, in a way that Marcus All was very standoffish and stuff and I think was kind of weird for the Grizzlies because they had this tired thing it was like over and over and over again and then you know you try to bring in this sort of you know fresh fresh blood um and they were just not receptive to it because they're you know it's kind of like teaching an old dog new tricks you know and so i think that having him on this young team with a guy that he's already connecting with like chris Stapps, with someone like frank nelikina who he definitely can connect with and Mauro Hazonia, just Kevin Knox, especially like all these young guys that he's really going to get to mold and uh, mentor. I think it's just couldn't be a better fit, and they couldn't have gotten a better coach for the job. And I mean, I could see him coaching there for the next you know fifteen twenty years or whatever it is. Um, and I could see a lot of these guys, Chris Porzingis and Kevin Knox and stuff, really sticking along for the whole way. Because if you know, it's not like New York's not going to pay anybody. It's not like if they actually turn these guys into like bona fide stars that they're not going to want to stay in, at the fucking Knicks if like together if the chemistry is good, which I totally trust Fisdale to keep up. Like, I mean, if this goes well, they they really this will he will be the uh, 
the linchpin for this whole thing. So, uh, but they'll suck this year. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, but that'll be good. That'll be good for them. Um, get one or more of these guys. Someone like, whew, someone like RJ Barrett on this team would be nasty. Um, wow. Yeah. Chris Stapps, Chris Stapps, Knox, RJ Barrett, Tim Hardaway Jr. And, uh, Frank Nelikina. I keep saying Tim Hardaway Jr. just because they're paying him so much money. and <laughs> But, like, he isn't very good. He's all right, though. He could turn out to be pretty good. Either way, though, I'm into the Knicks. Uh, and I'm in on them being pretty bad and hopefully worse than the Kings because I need the Celtics to get that pick. Um, the Thunder. So the Schroeder, the whole mellow thing, um, interesting bet to me. I, I mean, I guess your closing lineup is going to be Russ, Schroeder, um, Paul George, and Roberson or Patterson. Patterson's definitely your best, or I mean Grant possibly too. I would, I would, I guess I would see Roberson ahead of Grant for sure. Um, but Patterson's your best way to get the most shooting on the floor around Russell Westbrook and. Uh, Stephen Adams. So, I, I mean, I think Schroeder is. He I, he had a terrible year at catch and shoot last year, but I just think he was on the ball so much and he wasn't doing it very often that he was kind of out of rhythm with those sort of shots. Um, but in the past, he has been very solid as a catch and shoot three-point shooter. Or not very solid, but decent enough. And I think the looks he'll be getting here will be pretty darn open. And, uh, you know, I don't think that shot's broken or anything. Like, I, I can see him being a little bit better at it and more receptive to it than... Reggie Jackson, because Reggie Jackson was sort of like, like this like upcoming player who like needed to get that big paid contract and like wasn't able to really flourish. Like like, Schroeder's got fifteen mil for the next like three seasons, or whatever it is. Like, he he's he's set. He you know he he kind of wants to win at this point. He wants to be on a winning team, and that's where he's at. And I think he'll be down to play the role that he needs to play for that. And I don't think it'll be bad for them to have the you know tertiary sort of playmaker. I put him behind Paul George uh, in terms of someone who's going to have the ball in his hands when all three of them are on the floor. But in terms of when, I think you should probably try and play Russ and PG together as much as possible. Though now that I'm saying that, having some minutes with Schroeder and PG wouldn't be a bad idea just to sort of prop up those lineups. And, you know, whenever Russ is going to be on the floor, they're probably not going to be too bad, <laughs> too worse for wear. Um, so yeah, they should be really solid. Like the Noel signing, uh, I'm, my bet, is, my guess is they probably play Adams like 27, 28 minutes game, Noel around 20. Um, and I think that's totally solid. No, no qualms with that whatsoever. Probably split their power forward rotation between Grant and Patterson. Um, and then on the wing, just try and find minutes for Ferguson and Abrinas and Lawalu. Maybe get Hamadou Diallo or Abdul Nader some minutes. Maybe Kyle Singler's not completely dead. Um, and then Raymond Felton. I've, I've been hearing so many people talk, or not so many people, but well, I've been hearing people talk about the idea that like having Raymond Felton, uh, like why did they need Dennis Schroeder? And it's like Raymond Felton is a third point guard. Like if he's your backup point guard, you have a I mean, you have a human there who can play backup point guard. It, you know, you don't have Samaj Christian or whatever. Um, but 
he is much better suited as a third point guard, you know, put into a backup point guard when one of those guys goes down and not someone that you need to play alongside, like Russell Westbrook and stuff very much. Um, where the way that <laughs> Billy Donovan seems to do it is that you always need to play whoever is <laughs> backup point guard next to uh, Russell Westbrook. So we'll see how this works. Um, it's a very, very classic, like all in on the sort of things that Sam Presti jokingly is way too into with guys like Hamadou Diallo and Luwalo Cabarro and, you know, these guys that can't shoot but are long and athletic, and Nerlens Noel, but are long and athletic. And, you know, committing to Grant like they did, like, the guy better be able to make some fucking corner threes, man, because just an athletic body out there and a solid defender and, you know, a good cutter and a good around-the-basket guy, it's like, it doesn't matter if you can only play him 18 to 20 minutes a game. <laughs> like, the guy, like, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But I'm in on the Thunder... To a certain extent, let's see. I definitely think that the Warriors and the Rockets will be probably better regular season teams. I think that the Jazz and Lakers is up for debate against the Thunder, but I'll probably end up putting the Thunder as my... Oh, and I even think the Spurs is a, is a question that should be asked. But I will go with... Um, I will go with the Thunder probably third overall because I think the defense will be really freaking good. And I think that when you've got Russ and PG, at the end of the day, your offense is going to be all right when your defense is that good. Um, though I feel like they're just a, either some few minor improvements or maybe one sort of trade or just one something away from being like really, really good. If they can... They just need people who can defend and shoot. It's like, I know it's what every single team needs, but it just feels like they never, ever, ever get those players. Like, Courtney Lee on this team would be excellent. Uh, Kent Bazemore probably on this team would be excellent. Um, Marcus Morris on this team, if they could really get him to buy into just taking open threes and playing the four, uh, and then he hit it a solid clip, that could be good. But I don't, I don't know. It's a fit that I would like them to trade for, but I don't. I don't think it actually. Um, I don't think it actually was a great move. I don't really remember what I was saying. Sorry. Um, but yeah, Thunder off season, Schroeder trade kind of up in the air for me. I give it a B. Give everything a B because um, I like the picks and stuff they did. Otherwise, though they seem to like Abdul Nader, which he's not good. So, But I like Noel. Don't mind the Grant deal. Unbelievable that they were able to re-sign Paul George. Really just super cool for that team. Super cool for the Thunder. And I'm, I'm excited about it because I think that the Lakers will figure something out anyways. And I think that it's good that we're not going to see just a mediocre-ass uh, Russell Westbrook-led Thunder team where they're good when he's on the floor and suck when he's not. Um, and suck so bad when he's not that they can't be good. Uh, so I think this will be a really fun team, should be for the next, whatever it is, three, four years. And um, I'm glad they were able to get off of Melo without, you know, it seems like everyone, there's no like hard feelings or anything there. I think they were able to frame it in a way where it was like, it was really just the money. <laughs> and so, you know, 
I think uh, I think that was good. They are going to pay a lot of money for this team, which I'm kind of glad they're going to do. Um, so we'll see what ends up happening, but definitely could see the Thunder finishing. I could see them finishing as high as second or third if the um, – I mean, I guess I could see both the Rockets actually taking a step back and the Warriors really not giving a crap, and then the Thunder just being really freaking good and winning the conference. But I just don't know if I see all that happening. I think more likely, like, one or the other. Like, either... I could see the Warriors kind of pushing hard this season, you know, and Boogie comes back and they just terrorize people, some shit like that. Or everyone's just healthy, you know? Even if everyone's just healthy and in better spirits. Um... I could see them having a little bit more of a revived regular season. I could see the Rockets killing it in the regular season. I could see them taking a step back. It's, you know, I just, I don't see a scenario. I mean, I see it. I don't, I don't think the scenario is likely in which the Thunder uh, vault into first of the conference. Um, but I do think they had a solid off season. I'm really interested to see how the Schroeder things works. And I can't wait to watch the Thunder this year for sure. Um, Going to be a big year for their big three. The Orlando Magic, not a whole lot going on. They're going to tank the shit out of this season. Uh, like Bamba, definitely like Bamba. I mean, the upside is crazy. I like the signing of Clifford. Um, I think that him working with Bamba will be um, will be a good fit. And I think that, you know, if there's a guy to really get it, get principles down and stuff and get the, the, the real mental part of it down. I think Clifford will be a great help to him. Um, my, my more question, and I know he's a super smart guy, so I'm not so worried about all that, though I think, you know, that's where his floor really comes up. Um, but his ceiling in terms of, in terms of really being able to switch out on the wing and still stay in front of guys, but recover and just be this total defensive, like, monster um i just don't really know if that's physically possible and so that's where my uh iffiness on bomba comes in if you're drafting a guy like that at six overall ahead of someone like kevin knox ahead of someone like um even like miles bridges or shy gilgis alexander like these guys who are a little more catered to the the uh modern nba um i'm just kind of iffy on his ability to be able to do that. But we shall see. I think I think he'll still be a really solid player. Um, and I think that he will get a lot of minutes this year. Um, though I would imagine they're still going to start Vooch and Aaron Gordon. I, I mean, I would much prefer to see them sign, start Bamba. But I don't really know how they're going to get rid of Vooch. Um, not when, sure when his contract is up. Orlando. Yeah, this is the last year of his deal, so, I mean, he's going to be in a contract year, but, I mean, he's not very good. Like, he's good offensively, but he's just, you know, always had the same weaknesses in terms of defense. Um, so, we'll see where he goes. I mean, I, I, I like I said, rather start Bamba, go Gordon at the four, bring Isaac off the bench, and just kind of have that be your three-man crew. Um, with, you know, maybe Jarrell Martin, mixing in for a few minutes here and there. Uh, I just sort of space the floor. Um, love re-signing Aaron Gordon. 
good deal they got. Um, you know, another one of those solid restricted deals this offseason. Think he'll end up uh, outperforming that contract. And, you know, I do think things can seem pretty doom and gloom in Orlando at times, but I think Gordon's a real stud. And if they can ever get, like, an actual point guard on this team uh, and, like, some actual dynamic playmakers on the wing so where he could be a bit more of a play finisher – uh, he's going to have a fantastic, you know, prime. Um, Fournier should be fine. Simmons should be fine. Uh, you know, they've got absolutely nothing to point guard between DJ Augustine, Jerry and Grant, and Isaiah Briscoe. Like, that's the worst point guard rotation in the league, except for the Suns. Um, or maybe, you know, right on par with the Suns. But... They, uh, you know, they're tanking. They're going to try and get who they can. I w- would hope that they can turn some of these contracts um, into some picks at the deadline. Um, you know, hopefully just for guys that, uh, you know, fit the long wing kind of mold that they're so obsessed with. Um so I like the direction the team is headed. Jonathan Isaac had a weird summer league for me. He's taken all these mid-range jumpers, and uh, it's this guy needs to just be taking pick-and-pop threes, like catch-and-shoot threes, and uh, just roll into the rim and dunk at the ball. Like, he's got the physical tools to do it and should be just working on his finishing around the rim, you know, not on all these weird, you know, five, six, seven, eight-foot jumpers. Um so we'll see how all that goes. Uh, but I like the Clifford fit. It does seem kind of depressing with the point guard play that they're going to have. Uh, but the cap sheet isn't too screwed up. Um, you know, that Mozgov deal just has one more year to it. But even then, they'll have a uh, decent amount of cap space next year with Ross coming off the books, with Vooch coming off the books. Graham will be a free agent. Martin will be a free agent. So they should be looking pretty good. Um, still have a year of Simmons and Augustine and stuff, but I don't think that's the end of the world for them because they're probably still going to be kind of tanking for the next couple of years. It's wild. I mean, hopefully, I just, I don't know. I don't see, they're someone who should trade for Terry Rozier. They are someone who should trade for Terry Rozier because you put Terry on this team um, and they immediately just become a super fun young team with him, Gordon, Isaac, and Bamba, um, and you sort of see what you can do around that. I mean, Fournier and Simmons aren't the worst role guys, um, so that that would be a cool trade. See, but or if they throw a huge offer at him next year or something like that, um, I think that would be a good use of their money. Um, so for the off season for them, Bamba pick everything. I don't know. I'll toss them B minus C plus. Nothing uh, aggressively terrible. But uh, I, I forget exactly what went down with the Mozgov contract. I forget if they gave up anything for it, uh, picks-wise. But I don't think they, if they did, it was, you know, a middling second or whatever. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm in on the Magic being bad this year, but decently fun to watch, as long as they can not be as hurt as they were last year. Um, and Bamba gets a bunch of minutes. I, uh, I'm excited to see what they could do. And who knows? I mean, maybe... Um, maybe... Augustine Grant have good years with Clifford and they're actually way more solid than we think. But, uh, and you know, Gordon makes a big jump and stuff. They could definitely be a solid team this year. 
um, if everything breaks right. But I think more likely they'll try and develop Bamba, develop Isaac, and um, get another good pick, and then try and throw their money at someone like Rogier next offseason. Um, do... Uh, I'll cut it here. No, I'll, yeah, I'll cut it here and then do the Sixers on the next one. Um, thanks again for listening, if you still are. <laughs>